You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. Formerly Bulletproof Radio. You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. Today, we're going to talk about how to hack your face. Well, your skin anyway. <laughs> Leading holistic skincare anti-aging techniques from TikTok's biggest star, Tony Yoon, uh, mostly because of his twerking. Uh, Tony, where did you learn to twerk? You do not want to see me twerk, Dave. It is not a pretty sight. I told my kids that the one thing I'm dad's never going to do is dance on TikTok. So <laughs> yes, I've gotten the following without having to dance. That's That's a good thing. So that's just your OnlyFans. I got you. <laughs> you got that. <laughs> they have asked, OnlyFans has actually reached out to me. OnlyFans and Cameo wanted me to join. I'm like, yeah, I'm a doctor. I, don't, I just don't think doctors should be on OnlyFans, but may, maybe someday. Yeah, OnlyFans wanted to have a channel of just me drinking coffee, wearing white uh, button-down shirts with rolled up sleeves and veiny arms. And guys, <laughs> I can't, I'm sorry, I can't do that. But I did Cameo for two weeks and thought it was a bad idea, so... Uh, yeah, and, it's not my deal. Yeah. yeah. If you guys wonder what Cameo is, it's some service that lets let you like ask for a little birthday video or something. If you see me in person, I'll record a 10 second video for your friend or your family or whatever. I don't mind at all. But I just don't want to do it at home instead of dinner with my kids. Screw that noise. I totally agree. There are, there are doctors who are on it though. And I don't really? know, maybe they're making me. Yeah, my buddy, Dr. Pimple Popper, she's a good friend of mine and she's on it. And I don't, but then you've got people who are like billionaires. I think like Mr. Wonderful from Shark Tank is on it. Like he doesn't need the money. So I don't know why some people do that. I think that's a charity thing when they do that, or maybe he's just bored. So you're known as America's holistic plastic surgeon, but Tony, surgery is not holistic. How dare you? How dare you? Shame on you. I'm channeling a whining 20 year old tool of the state, if you haven't figured out what I'm talking about. So, Aside from that, how dare you? For real, like, okay, honestly, I have no, I have no issues with any modification of the human body that you have control over. So I'm, I'm not for or against any surgery, as long as it's, it's up to you. But holistic surgery, walk me through what that even means. So how can that be? Uh, well, I'll tell you, Dave. I was taught. I went through traditional medical training. I did four years of medical school. Uh, I did three years of general surgery residency training, two years of plastic surgery residency, and then a year fellowship out in Beverly Hills with a top name plastic surgeon. And I was always taught that to cut is to cure. And the only way to heal is with cold steel. And for many years, I believed that the goal of a surgeon was to bring people to the operating room. And then I had a patient who had a absolutely horrible complication after a facelift, one that I couldn't have avoided, she couldn't avoid it, just sometimes things happen. And it really got me into thinking that, am I doing the right thing? And so I was always taught that the goal of being a surgeon was to bring people to surgery. And I realized that my goal should be the opposite. It should be, how do I keep people out of the operating room? And so I spent many years studying nutritionists, dietitians, skincare experts, dermatologists. I read your books and I realized that there's so much that I did not know about turning back the clock naturally. And I came up with this concept called autojuvenation. And it's how do you use your body's own regenerative abilities to rejuvenate itself? And it's based off of five specific things. It's what you eat, when you eat, supplements, skincare, and non-invasive treatments. And I strongly believe that the vast majority of people, 80 to 90% of people, 
that if you follow these types of tenants on those five things, you can look and feel amazing and not feel like you have to go under the knife or even the needle. It sounds almost like these core biohacking techniques about not eating inflammatory stuff that shreds your skin and your gut, which is made out of skin, and you know, circadian biology. It seems every condition, including how you look, is influenced by that. So, it totally is. Yeah. I like it. Skincare is the area we might actually not agree 100%, given that you're an expert and I'm an unlicensed biohacker, so I'm allowed to say the <laughs> truth, and you're held to the standard of care, my poor constrained physician friend. Just teasing you. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I worry because some of the, the medical proceduralists that I know and respect very much, as soon as it comes time for a surgical procedure, they're like, well let's get out all the sodium, laurel, whatever the hells, and a lot of endocrine disruptors, And but it works so well. But it, it, my general rule is I, if I can't eat it, I shouldn't put it on my skin. Where do you stand on the natural skincare versus, you know, this has some weird petrochemical that might, yeah. you know, give you a glowing beauty that's actually good for you? So I tell you, Dave, so once again, I trained traditionally. And when I started my practice back in 2004, I did what a lot of plastic surgeons do. I brought in medical grade skincare lines, ones that were basically promoted to us as plastic surgeons that a lot of other plastic surgeons carried. And I sold thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars worth of these products to patients. And I tell you, I saw some really incredible results in their skin. However, for years, while I was selling thousands of dollars of this stuff, I had a secret that I didn't tell anybody. And it was that I could not apply those products to my skin. If I were to apply these products that I was selling to my patients to my own skin, I would break out in hives. I would get redness and irritation and inflammation, and it would make my skin actually look worse. However, when I would see somebody who came into my office and they had terrible sun damage, you know, they, let's say, were farmers, you know, in the rural areas of Michigan and they had terrible sun damage, and we put them on these products that really would improve the aging of their skin considerably, but I couldn't use them. And so what did I do? This is when I started realizing like, hey, all this stuff I was taught, why am I believing it? I started looking into natural skincare. I started reading things from friends of ours like uh, Dr. Trevor Cates, and I started using natural skincare. And I thought, holy crap, I'm using products that I can actually use on my skin that feel great on my skin. However, most of these products, these natural products didn't really do anything or weren't scientifically proven to actually reverse aging. And so one of the things that I did was I started my own skincare line where I did use active ingredients like retinol, like vitamin C, like kojic acid, but still made them with natural and organic compounds as a way to hopefully kind of bridge that gap. Um, so I think that there's a happy medium there somewhere. I think that there are a lot of natural skincare lines that honestly just don't do anything, but they feel nice on your skin. But there are also a lot of these medical grade lines that really do work. They're scientifically proven, but they're filled with fragrances and chemicals and preservatives that really just in general are not good overall. And so I think you can get a happy medium there somewhere. It's the same way with food and, and supplements too. And there's some supplements, you, that's great, but you put it in with titanium dioxide and FDNC red number, whatever, to make it look pretty, you ruined it. And yeah. a lot of the commercial $500 bottles of skin gunk, you read the label, you go, wow, I'd love to have that peptide, but I would never put that other stuff on because my balls will shrink. It's an endocrine disruptor. It's not okay. So the, the Venn diagram of companies that are willing to make skincare products that have neutral to beneficial bases instead of harmful, 
that don't have problematic ingredients, it's very, very small. Uh, and along with good actives, like you said, Trevor has been on the show several times, good friend, yeah. and Trevor Cates. She's been talking about this forever. And I've seen a shift in some doctors, but it's the same. You go to most doctors, well, take your Centrum one a day, and it can get a little better than that if you go to someone who's a functional medicine doctor. So would you call yourself a functional medicine doctor? Are you that far into no. it or... No, okay. No, I'm not because I've not had functional medicine training. I have okay. been, I guess probably the best way to describe it, I'm inspired by them, but I also would not tell you that, hey, you know, if you've got, if you want to improve your gut health, then yes, I can definitely give you some really good advice, but I'm not the one who should be interpreting your labs and treating you that way. I'm still a plastic surgeon. I still operate two to three days a week. I perform facelifts and eyelid lifts and liposuction and tummy tucks and all that. But at the same, because I do believe that there are these conditions where the only real option is surgery. Uh, if you've got excess skin, that skin's hanging, then there's no cream or light treatment that's going to make it go away. Then I still think we still have to perform these procedures if people want to get those types of results. But once again, I do believe that using that as a last resort, that's kind of this idea of holistic plastic surgery, because there is so much more that we can do non-invasively. And some of these things that the plastic surgeons I mean, that you know don't even know about. You know, I mean, like red light therapy is a good one. You know, you've been upfront about the benefits of red light therapy. You can ask a plastic surgeon at a, at a meeting and say, hey, what do you think about red light therapy? And you will be met with a blank stare because it's just not something that's talked about in plastic surgery. What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash Dave for a seven-day free trial. Your skin is the largest organ in your body, and it's constantly working to protect you. It's also the first place you'll notice signs of aging. But traditional skincare only provides a temporary fix. The real key to younger, healthier skin is to understand and target the root causes of aging at the molecular level. And that's exactly what One Skin is doing because they're the world's first skin longevity company. Their scientists have developed something called the OSO1 peptide. This new peptide has shown incredible results in reducing senescent cells or zombie cells by up to 50% and reversing skin's biological age. In a third-party 12-week clinical study, One Skin's products were shown to strengthen the skin barrier, improve skin health markers, and diminish wrinkles in 87% of users. After seeing those results, I had to give it a try, and my skin hasn't looked or felt this healthy in years. It's very noticeable. So if you're ready to upgrade your skin health at the cellular level, head over to oneskin.co and use the code UPGRADE15 at checkout to save 15% because you listen here. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code UPGRADE15. You can heal twice as fast and have less scarring with red light therapy. And I, I've been 
talking about this publicly for 11 years now. Like one of the very first red light consumer therapy companies is my company, True Light, because I believe in it. And you couldn't buy anything consumer grade 11 years ago. And now you can buy a bunch of crap that doesn't work, which is the, the downside of, of you know, rapid progress. And the, it almost feels like malpractice to say, you know what, this $100 device, which is cheaper than the painkillers you have, could speed your healing dramatically. Because it's a device and not a drug, we just don't think to talk about it. And I know doctors get uncomfortable when, when people use the M-word, so I'm, I'm not trying to say actually that, but it just feels like you're so bad at your job as a plastic surgeon, if you don't recommend red light therapy pre and post even, but certainly post a procedure, like, well, what are you doing there with a knife? Like, maybe you should, you know, get some training. I'll tell you, it's interesting because I started my first 10 years of my career uh, where patients would ask me, Dr. Yoon, I'm on these supplements, what should I do? And you know what my answer to them, Dave, would be? It would be get off of all your supplements and just don't worry. And they'd go, well, should I change my diet? And I it's fine. Just stop smoking. Because that was what I was taught, you know. Oh, yeah. It wasn't I didn't your know fault anything. on that. Yeah. I didn't know anything about supplements. And so, you know, when I had this thing happen with this patient, and I really had a come to Jesus moment where I thought, what am I doing here? Like, I think the problem is, is a lot of traditional physicians don't know that they don't know. And that's endemic, is they don't know that they don't know, and they believe they know it all. And I was in that position for a while, and I finally realized that there is so much out there that I just do not know, and I need to take thousands and thousands of hours. I need to spend thousands of dollars to, to, to figure that out. So I started actually by looking at the difference. So as far as like supplements and healing, we were taught nothing about that throughout all my training. And I had some of the best training in the country. And so what I ended up doing is I started looking at research in surgical papers with wound healing and what mm -hmm. they would give to patients in the ICUs to heal pressure sores and things like that. And then I would look at the holistic books written by people like you and you know friends of mine, colleagues of mine. And I combined all that into a supplement system that I started putting my patients on. And interestingly enough, you know, I found that patients were healing faster. They were having these benefits that I would have never expected. They tell me, oh, my chronic pain has gotten better after starting these supplements. You know, my hair is getting thicker. They would heal faster. Yeah. And I actually started, I created this supplement line and this protocol. I wrote it all up, but I did not give it to anybody because I was deathly afraid that some other, some other patient of another surgeon would do this. They would have a complication just because they had surgery and the surgeon would blame me. And now I may be liable for their hematoma or whatever complication. Wow. So the liability thing is a big deal. I hadn't thought of it like that at all. Okay. That was I would be a convenient scapegoat. Oh, what are you taking? What are these supplements? Are they proven? That's why you had that bleeding complication. Mm. That's why you had that blood clot. That's yeah. why you end up in the hospital. It's Dr. Yoon's fault. And I'm like, well, I don't want to be responsible. But the interesting thing, Dave, is that now that there are these companies, and I set this up like eight, nine years ago, and there are companies now creating pre and post-op surgical supplementation with the exact same things that I had come up with years ago. They have now figure this type of stuff out. And I'm like, wow, you know, I see them like they have the exact same stuff. It's arginine, it's glutamine. You know, they're getting them on omega-3s afterwards. And it's the same stuff that I had figured out years ago. And so, you know, there's progress there, but <laughs> it is definitely slow, my friend. It's slow. And I, I remember I was going in for some kind of a procedure. And the reason I don't remember is, well, I kind of, you know, well, I'm a biohacker and sometimes I'm doing stem cell this or whatever. And I asked the doctor about some supplement. I truly don't remember which one, it doesn't matter. And 
He said, well, there, there's no studies on that, so you shouldn't do it. And I said, I didn't ask you if there were studies. I could have found those. I said, do you think it'll make a difference? He goes, well, if there's no studies, you shouldn't do it. And I looked at him, I said, hey, man, there's no studies on whether it's safe to use lotion with whatever it is you're doing, which has nothing to do with my skin. It was some other, some other thing. Yeah. And, and he just paused. And, and he said, you're right. And, and I said, so, are you telling me I shouldn't use lotion? He goes, no, you can use lotion. I go, okay. So in your professional opinion, is this likely good or likely bad? Because nobody knows for anything in the entire planet because there aren't very many clinical studies. So we have to just think for ourselves and be a little dangerous. And so he said, it's yeah. probably fine, which was... That's what I thought too. I just wanted him to know, if, do you know of a problem? If not, it's probably fine. Just like there's no clinical study of whether you this breath is the right breath for you to take, but you'll take it anyway. A good example of that when you're talking about skin is bone broth. And you know we've got a good friend of ours, a mutual friend, Dr. Kelly Petrucci, huge fan of bone broth and talks about the benefits of bone broth for the skin. And bone broth, we know it's chock full of collagen, especially if it's high quality bone broth. But the big question then is, does it really improve your skin? Well, I have done a lot of research on it. There's absolutely no studies that prove that drinking bone broth will improve your skin. However, yeah. there are no studies that show that drinking bone broth does not improve your skin. There just aren't any studies. Yeah. So should you then have a null hypothesis that, okay, well then because there's no studies out there, it doesn't help your skin? It makes sense that it definitely would. And if you looked at the research on collagen, you would know that it makes 100% sense you don't need a study, you know, to tell you that if you drink bone broth, it's going to definitely improve the collagen of your skin because there's science out there on collagen and we know that it's filled with it. It's kind of funny because, you know, I, with Bulletproof, I made collagen a, a very big thing and, you know, vital proteins followed and, and all that. The reason I went with collagen peptides instead of bone broth was that I could find studies on collagen peptides, specifically dye tripeptides on skin health. And these studies had to stand up because when I went to go to Dr. Oz to talk about collagen for the first time on his show, I had to meet for an hour with three of his mm. chief scientists and go through all yeah. of the studies on collagen before they'd even let me on the show. Because that guy's very high integrity. I, I very much admire Dr. Oz. And so that stuff was real bone broth. I never did bone broth protein because I couldn't show that it worked. And I knew what I was getting with collagen peptides. Do I know studies that say bone broth is good for the gut? Yes. Do I know studies that say less gut inflammation equals better skin? Yes. Would I drink bone broth? Only if it didn't have histamine in it. And I'm histamine sensitive. So some mm. bone broth, I, I take a drink and I start coughing. Other bone broth, I drink mm. it and it's great and I feel amazing. So this is like a hidden thing where, well, hold on. Was that bone broth good for you? What spices are in it? Are you sensitive to some of the spices? Was there MSG in it? Mm. So it feels like for all of us, if you learn how you feel after you eat and you feel good after you eat, your skin's probably going to look better. And if bone broth is in there, it's probably good for you, like you're saying. I want to ask you something ahead. else about that, though. Topical collagen. Smearing collagen on my face. Should I be doing, you know, a collagen peptide, you know, mix it with butter and rub it all over my face, you know, like a churro? Mm -hmm. The problem, as you know, but your listeners may not, is that collagen is a large protein. Yeah. And if you apply it to the surface of your skin, your stratum corneum, the upper layer of skin, is not going to allow it to penetrate. I mean, its job of our skin is to prevent penetration. Uh, and I think a lot of people don't realize that collagen peptides, that those are the supplements you want to take because those that large collagen protein has been broken down into amino acids and peptides that can be much e more easily absorbed. You know, I get so many comments and I comment on, on collagen supplements. That's a huge, one of the big things that I talk about in, in my new book is yeah. the benefits of taking a collagen supplement. 
But if you put that on social media, and I have, there are people who come out of the woodwork saying, oh, well, my family doctor says it doesn't work. You know, oh, this doctor says that it's, you know, it gets broken down the gut. And there's an interesting thing, Dave, there's a doctor on TikTok and he's, an, he's a weight loss surgeon. He talks a lot about nutrition. He's got a big bushy beard and, and he made a video a couple of years ago about bone broth. And he said, you know, bone broth is one of those things where there's no science to show that it works. You might as well just eat gelatin. And he showed the jello gelatin. And I thought, oh gosh. And that's something you obviously would like, not yeah. like. <laughs> but interestingly, a few weeks ago, I saw a second video and he's watching the first one. He swipes it aside and he goes, you know, sometimes we make conclusions in medicine that are not correct. I've looked at the studies and I was wrong. Bone broth does work. It does help to improve your skin. So wow. I was floored because you've got this guy who acts as if he's the authority on anything nutrition. And he went back and said that he was wrong with it. Kudos to him, especially because weight loss surgeons, by definition, are not experts in nutrition because if they were, they would be out of a job. <laughs> <laughs> Would you believe there's an ancient plant medicine that might be the alcohol of the future? Except it doesn't impair your fine motor skills and it's not addictive. Well, it turns out there is, and it's called true kava. Kava is a natural plant medicine that South Pacific Islanders have used for over 3,000 years as a safe, non-addictive alternative to drugs and alcohol. Kava naturally boosts your brain's main feel-good chemicals like dopamine, serotonin, and GABA. That provides you with more relaxation, more mental clarity, and it makes it easy to loosen up and connect with others in social situations. Maybe the most exciting thing about kava is that you get all of those mind-soothing effects without any of the drunkenness, impairment, or addictive qualities that you might expect from alcohol or even some other substances you'll find at parties. Connoisseurs describe the true kava experience as a calm, enhanced state of natural sobriety. True kava is a new form of stabilized full-spectrum traditional kava that's third-party lab-tested for quality and safety. If you were with me at my bedtime, you would see me taking Kava Plex, which is True Kava's kava oil extract that I find just really improves my sleep. Visit truekava.com, enter code DAVE15 at checkout and get 15% off. Everyone's talking about red light therapy beds and for good reason. There's a company called ARRC LED that's building an entirely new class of LED devices. ARRC LED beds integrate proprietary scanning technology and frequency protocols to shape the delivery of six different wavelengths in dose-optimized photobiomodulation. Yes, that's a lot of words. What it is, though, is that photobiomodulation improves the underlying energetics of the cells in your body. And those changes can benefit nearly every tissue and organ and system in your body. You change your cells and you change your life. For more information, visit ARRCLED.com. So you're saying that plastic surgeons should be experts in non-surgical rejuvenation too? I believe, Tony, that if you were really good at your job, you wouldn't have to do surgery anymore. You would just wave your hands and you would chant the magical words and then everyone would be young and youthful. I mean, I saw it on a Disney channel. It has to be right. <laughs> I would pay you more to come into your office and, you know, Dave, I could give you a facelift, right? And that would cost whatever, 25 grand. But... For 35 grand, I won't give you a facelift and I'll give you the same results. And just like upgrade labs, my company, you know, you'll get 2% improvement if you spend an hour a day in the gym or you could spend five minutes with me 
and I'll give you 12% improvement. Mine's more expensive than the gym. And people are lining up to go to Upgrade Labs because they don't have to go through the pain of a surgery. So I like having both options. And mm-hmm. I'm curious, I mean, what work should I have done? For you, what would I do? Well, one of the issues that as we get older, is, especially when you're very lean like yourself, is we lose volume. And I actually was one of the co-authors of a seminal paper in our plastic surgery literature called the Volumetric Facelift. And it was one of the first articles that explained aging in three dimensions. So prior to this article back in 2004, plastic surgeons really looked at aging in two dimensions. You know, it's gravity. Everything gets pulled down. So you get a facelift, you get a neck lift, you get an eyelid lift, you get a breast lift, you get a, you know, everything is lifted. And so this is one of the first papers that actually explained that aging occurs in three dimensions and we lose volume as well. And so that's one of the natural things. We lose volume mainly from the fat, but we also lose some of the muscle and even some of the bony volume of our face. So if I were to recommend anything for you, it would be adding volume. Now you can do it using your own fat, using fat grafting, and that about half the fat that we inject will stay. And interestingly enough, fat is chock full of stem cells. And so a lot of times when we inject fat, we find the skin seems to improve as well. Uh, But there are also injectable fillers out there made of hyaluronic acid. If that's going to be something that somebody chooses, I strongly discourage them from using anything other than a hyaluronic acid filler because you have a much higher risk of potentially really dangerous complications. So yeah, that's the one thing I would recommend. If you said, hey, what should I do? I'd say, you know what? As you're getting older, your face is going to get leaner, especially as you're lean yourself. Adding a little bit of volume, not a lot, but a little bit can help to soften things up. And that can take a good five years off, potentially, maybe more. It's it's a challenge because I'm about 7% body fat now. I mean, like I have the most, I don't know if it shows in the camera, like just the most ridiculous veins and like it's it's kind of crazy, and I know that that as I get leaner, I I have less volume in the face. So my whole team actually was like, Dave, like this is ridiculous. You know, you're you're a leader in the longevity field, and your lab tests are good, but your face doesn't look great. And, and I'm I'm kind of like, fuck off. Uh, on the <laughs> other hand, you know, if I'm looking to be a, a leader in the field of this, so I, I started taking better care of my face, and I'm I'm doing some some non surgical stuff now that may result yeah. in shrinkage. But I'm also not opposed to, you know, to any means necessary. Uh, but I, I don't know that I would particularly want to have a facelift because it seems like scarring and long-term it's stuff. It's a lot of scarring. And I do a lot of facelifts. I actually did one this morning. And it's for people who have jowling and they have excess loose skin. You know, we do have non-invasive treatments to create skin tightening. I get a treatment called Morpheus 8 under my chin, under in my yeah. neck area. Every four to six months, I get that done here in my office. Uh, and that uses radio frequency microneedling, where essentially you you create trauma by the needles, and then you get heating of the deeper skin to cause the collagen to tighten. Maybe a day of downtime, if that. That's something that I think that's really right now. That's the gold standard for non-invasive skin tightening is Morpheus Aid. Does it create a lot of scarring from all that heat under the skin? Are you like a burn victim under your skin? So, you know, that's a really good question because that's a huge topic right now. Morpheus 8, the concern that some people have with that and any other type of kind of deep heating of the of the skin, because the idea really is that it is it's kind of like a hormesis thing of your skin. If you damage your skin to a certain extent, if you challenge it, if you traumatize it, the collagen, those collagen fibers of the skin will heal in tighter fashions. And the way I describe it, it's like the logs of a log cabin. When we're younger, the logs, that those collagen fibers are nice and tight and thick and they're strong. And as we get older, they start to fall apart. They start to get loose. If you get any type of an invasive treatment, whether it's a laser using light energy, a chemical peel using an acid, 
or uh, microneedling, where you make a physical trauma by poking up a needle, then it damages the collagen. And as the collagen heals, it heals in a tighter fashion. Essentially, you get those logs in that log cabin much tighter. And so that's how all of these work. But just like you said, there are treatments that will go much deeper. Uh, Treatments where you take literally, like there's one called face tight, another one called Renuvion, where you can actually stick a probe under the surface of the skin to try to heat the skin from the inside. That's invasive. You can definitely create scar tissue there. And that can get in the way if you're going to have future surgery. It can create scar tissue that can be visible potentially on the surface as well. So Morpheus 8 is nice because the surface treatment, those needles only go in, let's say 0.5 to 0.8 millimeters up to maybe one millimeter, uh, maybe two if you're being super aggressive. That's not as deep as where the fat typically is, and you're not going to get scarring there. Got it. Um, I did uh, something called Softwave. Uh, recently, uh, just because, and I, I did it actually on uh, on Instagram. So I saw that. Was like Dave, you're yeah, not, with Dr. You're not talking about what you do. Maybe you're not following me enough. Is all I can say because I, I just closed all the good stuff. Uh, but I've actually noticed a difference in tightening on my forehead. Like it, there was some lifting of the eyebrows, and I've because I, mean, I weighed 300 pounds uh, and I had yeah. a lot rounder face. Uh, like there's there's extra skin for sure, but I feel like it made a, a big difference. But I don't know if it did scarring or not. What's your take on Softwave versus Morpheus? Um, I haven't really used Softwave, so I can't comment too much on it. There are so many devices out there. I wouldn't worry about scarring because if you were going to get scarring, it's going to be a much more invasive type of a procedure. Okay, cool. You know, these so treatments, relatively safe. Yeah, these treatments okay. will create, once again, that acute trauma to the surface of the skin, and you would see actual scarring. It's the ones that are actually invasive that are more concerning, uh, and that's, that's yeah. not going to be one of those. You have a new book, which is a, a really neat lens on reality. And I, I look at, at different professionals, like we all have our own view of the world, right? And yours is mostly mm-hmm. colored by being, you know, a medical doctor and not just a medical doctor, like the most egotistical of them all, a surgeon, you know, <laughs> you, you drive a red Corvette, your license plate says boobs. I mean, I, I saw it, I saw it on TV once, yeah, <sighs> but surgeons are well known for like knowing their thing, but your view on reality is really interesting because for 10 years you've been doing this. Kind of holistic view. So you're like a strange mix of, I, yeah, I'm a surgeon. Like I can go in, I know what I'm doing, and you know, I'll, I'll control the surgical variables and it's my operating theater and like all the control stuff that a surgeon has. And you've got like the, you know, the hippie, hey, you know, let's use, you know, wheat germ oil or, you know, what, like, like it's, it's really fascinating because you're not like Thank the you. antibiotic mechanistic view, uh, but you're also not all that. So your book is, is quite interesting. And guys, it's called Younger for Life. And of course, by Tony Yoon, because you know Younger for life. I mean, I know. So I, yeah, so they I, wanted me to change that, so we had we have Yoon and then Gur for life. <laughs> but I thought, oh come on, people aren't going to get that. Uh, you, you you come up with some new concepts in the book that are neat blends of longevity and biohacking and and because the aesthetics industry, what what is the mm-hmm. broader proper word for a plastic surgeon? It's going to be more of the cosmetic, cosmetic. Um, medicine. They call it more cosmetic medicine now. What's the difference between cosmetic and aesthetic? Yeah, I mean, kind of the same type of thing. It's not really any, it's just different terms. You know, what happens honestly is that plastic surgeons try, and, and people try to use the term aesthetic because it sounds fancier than cosmetic. But it's it does exactly have A-S-A-E the same thing. in it. I mean, that's, it's got to be worth like two points on Scrabble. 
Yeah, well, there's some that just use the E as well. But I think that we use that term because it makes us feel fancy. Like I'm in a society called the Aesthetic Society. Yeah. Um, but there's also a Cosmetic Surgery Society, but that's a whole other type of group of doctors. I've got to ask this because uh, well, I'll tell you what my love language is. But if you had a society for people who did BBLs, would it be called the Aesthetic Society? You know, the, the funny thing now is that there are doctors who will call themselves like, there's one guy who calls himself the butt doctor. And oh it's, my God. you know, I have a friend of mine, Dr. Miami, you may have heard of him. He's a plastic surgeon, made it big on Snapchat. And, uh, and his name is Michael Salzhauer, really nice guy, kind of goofy uh, on social media. But now after he made this big name as Dr. Miami, other people are calling themselves doctor, like there's Dr. Scottsdale. Like, like there's, oh, I'm Dr. New York. I'm Dr. Phoenix. I'm, it's just kind of silly. And then there's people who come like the butt doctor of Newark and all this type of stuff. There's so oh much marketing gosh. in plastic surgery now. It's just going crazy. There, there is. And I, my love language is dad jokes. So anytime I get a chance to say aesthetic for the butt doctor, <laughs> that's, that's a two-point dad joke. And I'm just, I'm not backing off on this strategy. That's where the four-year-old will laugh at that though. Come on. That's, exactly. There, there is an audience. There's an audience for that. Yep. And there, there's a lot of people like me who are, because of my longevity strategy, I, my sense of humor regressed faster than my actual <laughs> biological age. So human Benjamin Button. Exactly. Your concept though, aside from my bad jokes, is autojuvenation. Yeah. Talk to me about what that is. So it's a term that I came up with because I do believe that once again, 80 to 90% of people can really turn back the clock using their body's own regenerative abilities to rejuvenate itself. And it's focusing on the what you eat, when you eat, supplements, skincare, and these non-invasive treatments. And really what I wanted to do is try to make it very simple for people who, let's say, aren't biohackers. You know, I mean, I've got a lot of followers on social media and my audience is a little different than yours. You know, if I have people who, geez, they drink six cans of soda pop a day, you know, they may live uh, in a small rural town in Tennessee and they follow me because they think I'm funny. I'm like, oh, he'll talk about breast implants and stuff like that. And what I wanted to do is create a book that anybody could read, whether you're a biohacker or whether you are somebody who has never heard the term biohacking and take these very simple steps to improve your health, but more importantly, in some ways to improve your skin, you know, because I get people who come to see me and you can tell them, hey, if you do these things, you'll improve your health. You'll live longer. You know, you're not going to get emphysema. You're not going to have heart disease and they don't care. But if I say, hey, if you do this, you're, those wrinkles are going to get better. Now they take attention, you know, and, and mm. what I'm trying to do in some ways is appeal to people's own vanity, sense of vanity to help improve their health and to live longer. And as you read in the book, a lot of the principles that I recommend are things that you recommend for increasing overall longevity and overall health. Um, but what a lot of people don't realize is those same things like intermittent fasting can actually improve your skin, you know, and they're scientifically proven and describable ways of exactly how that can work. Uh, and so, yes, I focus mainly on the skin and the idea of autojuvenation. Um, but these are a lot of these tenants that we use are tenants that you can also apply to other parts of your body and, and health. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD plus, and that helps you make energy. It helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well, and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD plus levels start to drop. The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. 
They help your body make more NAD plus even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD plus. Check out Qualia NAD plus risk-free for up to a hundred days at neurohacker.com slash Dave 15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash Dave 15 Qualia NAD plus. It's what I use. Your skin is the largest organ in your body and it's constantly working to protect you. It's also the first place you'll notice signs of aging. But traditional skincare only provides a temporary fix. The real key to younger, healthier skin is to understand and target the root causes of aging at the molecular level. And that's exactly what One Skin is doing because they're the world's first skin longevity company. Their scientists have developed something called the OSO1 peptide. This new peptide has shown incredible results in reducing senescent cells or zombie cells by up to 50% and reversing skin's biological age. In a third-party 12-week clinical study, One Skin's products were shown to strengthen the skin barrier, improve skin health markers, and diminish wrinkles in 87% of users. After seeing those results, I had to give it a try, and my skin hasn't looked or felt this healthy in years. It's very noticeable. So if you're ready to upgrade your skin health at the cellular level, head over to oneskin.co and use the code UPGRADE15 at checkout to save 15% because you listen here. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code UPGRADE15. Okay. Three dumbest things that guys do to their face. Okay, one of the dumbest things, let me think. So the first dumbest thing is just using bar soap and water. There's so many people where guys just don't care. And I tell you, I've done husband-wife faceless, Dave, and the quality of the skin from the husband and the wife is drastically different. Uh, If I do a facelift on a woman who's the same age as her husband, that facelift is going to last literally twice as long result-wise as the guy. But she has estrogen. We don't have estrogen to have soft, fluffy skin for men. So that seems like... But it's the quality of the collagen in the skin as well. And it's just the fact that if you take care of your skin, your skin is going to be healthier and it's going to be tighter and that collagen is going to be less denatured and tighter. Uh, And the quality of that skin is going to definitely give you the longevity of your result. I have it on good authority that the bar of soap forgets it was by your butt by the time it gets to your face, so it's okay. I suppose you could be uh, moving bacteria from down there to your face too, but that I've not seen. Well, no, the soap forgets, time. so there's there's no embarrassment or anything like that. I, I mean, okay. So no bar of soap on your face. Uh, by the way, I, I even, I, I think I told Trevor, our mutual friend, uh, that one time, and I thought she was going to come across the table and choke me. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 like, it evoked this violent thing. <laughs> and at the time, I might have kind of done that sometimes. Uh, but I mean, what guy I do, hasn't? I use proper cleanser and all that crap now, mostly because my team yelled at me to make my face look all nice. So I take better care of my skin and it works. It makes a huge difference. And people are saying, Dave, you look so much better. I'm like, yeah, I got a haircut and I wash my face. So there you go. So the second thing I would say is guys will uh, be too aggressive with their skin. You know, so they scrub their skin too much. You've got acne and they overwash their face. They use alcohol-based toners and astringents. One thing that we have realized is that our skin contains a microbiome just like our gut. And that microbiome, the tr- there's trillions of bacteria living on the surface of your skin as well. And we are just learning just how important they are. You know, are they important as your gut microbiome to your overall health? We don't know. I mean, I'd say probably not, but we don't know. 
But we do know that that's there. And when we do, when we're overly aggressive with skincare, you know, scrubbing our face too much, you know, I know guys who use pumice soap on their face, for God's sakes, then you can really disrupt that microbiome. And those bacteria, like the bacteria in your gut, are super important for keeping that skin nice and healthy. Uh, so that would be the second thing I think that guys do that definitely will ruin their skin. Okay, uh, I had a problem with that. I had one of those Clarisonic brushes a while ago, and I have like a patch of rosacea here that I've mostly IPL'd off uh, just from over. It kind of felt nice to vibrate. Brush your like my pores were so smooth and dewy and what I, I don't know, but I don't use that much anymore. So because over so there's over exfoliating, washing with your butt soap, and what's the third one? Third one would be not protecting your skin from skin cancer. Now, this is something I know that, you know, this can be, and we may be differ on sunscreen, uh, you and I may, and that's okay. Um, I'll just tell you where I'm coming from. You know, I'm a board certified plastic surgeon. I have seen people come into my office and say, hey, I've got this little dot on my nose. And they go to see a dermatologist, they get Mohs surgery, then they come back to see me afterwards and half their nostril is gone. Or part of their eyelid is gone, their eyelids pulled down afterwards. And so, yes, you know, I've got dermatology friends of mine who they put on sunscreen and then sit in a basement all day and they still put their sunscreen on. I'm not that type. I do believe that there's a lot of benefit to getting sun, especially early in the morning, you know, circadian rhythms, a lot of stuff that, you know, you have been a big fan of. And I think that there's therapeutic benefits of the sun too. You know, I mean, mm. I live in Michigan and gosh darn it, every February, I got to get out of here and I go down south into the Caribbean and we get some sun. But at the same time, we also... You know, I have seen the horrible complications of skin cancer, and I do believe it's important to protect your skin, whether you do it physically, whether you do it with a mineral-based sunblock, whatever you need to do in general, I think that there's a happy medium there. You know, I know there's some people, I have a friend of mine who, he, you know, I did his podcast and he's like, hey, I put lard on my skin. That's all I put on my skin. And I'm like, ah, not a big fan of that. And then I got dermatology friends where, like I said, they'll slather on sunscreen if they're going to be inside all day. I think that there's a happy medium there where we can protect our skin yet still get the benefits of the sun at the same time. There's definitely some some serious biohacking benefits to sunshine without sunscreen. And mm -hmm. collagen thickness increases with a small amount of sun exposure, but a large amount damages stuff. So there's probably a healthy dose. But it seems like most of the sunscreens you can buy have a warning label that says, warning, this product can cause cancer. So how do you get around that? I question some of those. I mean, for me, the way I look at it is there's two. So, you know, when you look at sunscreen, you've got chemical and you've got physical sun, sunblock. So chemical sunscreens are absorbed into your skin. When the sun hits your, the rays hit your skin, there's a chemical reaction that will neutralize basically those effects. And yes, there's a question of whether that may create some free radicals during that, in that process. Mm -hmm. um, there are certain chemical sunscreens that I'm not a fan of. Oxybenzone and octanoxate are believed to be hormone disruptors. They're also believed to potentially disrupt the coral reefs. And so I'm, I recommend people avoid those. But there are other sunscreens like Megzoral XL, like Avobenzone, and the physical sunblocks like zinc oxide and titanium dioxide that I do believe in general are safe. And once again, I am completely understanding that, that there is, I think, a therapeutic benefit to the sun. It's trying to once again, reach a happy medium there. Because once again, you know, I am afraid for one of my favorite actors, Hugh Jackman, I think yeah. he's the most talented person in Hollywood, and he has had multiple skin cancers taken off his face. At some point, hopefully not, but at some point, one of those may be on his eyelid or his nose or somewhere that could permanently disfigure him. My favorite singer of all time, Jimmy Buffett, recently died 
from skin cancer. So I'm very well aware of the dangers of it. And I really believe that we have a happy medium there somewhere where you can get the benefit of it, yet not necessarily get the potential harmful harmfulness yeah. of it too. Sunburns are bad no matter what. That we can all agree yeah. on. And, and that's free radicals and inflammation. You know That will damage your skin from both of those. One of the things I've noticed over the past 12 years, I don't eat any omega-6 fats other than if they're found in beef or, or something. So nothing canola, nothing soy, nothing safflower, like grapeseed, even avocado oil. Nope, maybe a tablespoon of olive oil on, on some days. And that means my cell membranes, especially in my skin, are saturated. It's really hard for me to get sunburned. It's like I have natural suntan. And this is something that I, I first noticed actually 15 years ago um, from cutting omega-6s. And I just found a study, it popped across my desk this morning, uh, not in preparation for this, just randomly. Uh, and it was showing that consumption of omega-6 fats inhibits melanocytes, which are the things that give you a tan in response to mm -hmm. sun culture. So it, it feels to me like there's a nutritional component that also makes you more susceptible to the sun and that people who have healthier cells probably handle sunlight and maybe benefit more than people who, you know, eat corn dogs and live indoors all the time and come out for 20 minutes to get sunburned. So it's it's very nuanced, which is why I like your book actually, because you know, you're going through and you're making things as simple as you can. What are the three dumbest things that women do to their skin? Um, I think number one, if from what I see is the exact opposite of what guys do. They overtreat their skin. So I get people who call me or who message me or patients of mine who say, you know, my skin is so inflamed. Uh, I, I'm breaking out and stuff. What should I apply onto my skin to make it better? And the first thing I tell them is, what are you putting? I ask them, what are you putting on your skin? And they give me a list of all these products. And the first thing I tell them is, look, get off of all the products first and go back to the basics, you know, go back to cleansing, go back to using a, an antioxidant serum every morning. And then really limiting to that's all you do in the morning. At night, apply a cleanser. If you want to apply a, an anti-aging cream like a Bakuchiol or retinol, then feel free to do that. But get rid of all this other stuff. Get rid of the fragrances and you know, any of these products that are filled with fragrances. You know, look at what are the ingredients of these products because most likely the reason why you're inflamed could be that you're using way too many products on your skin. Yeah. Uh, and so that's one of the things I recommend in my book is Hey, look, let's get to the absolute basics. You don't necessarily need certain things like toners. You know, you don't need to apply a moisturizer to your skin. You know, if you've got oily skin, then why are you applying a moisturizer over it? You don't need to. You've got natural moisturizer. And so it's really getting with those basics a lot of times. And then we do that. And then people find that their skin looks better afterwards because they've been actually over-treating it and putting on unnecessary uh, products and chemicals and fragrances that will just irritate their skin. Okay, so number one, too many products with too many weird chemicals and especially fragrances. If you can smell your skincare stuff, it doesn't have actual essential oils in it, then it's probably the wrong stuff. And even essential oils can be irritating to the skin. True. And so there's some people who think, oh, well, they're just essential oils. And I tell them, look, they can be irritating as well. And, and when you have other fragrances, you know, the, the problem is, is you don't know what's in those fragrances. When they say fragrance, that could be basically a company's proprietary information. They don't have to share that with you. Um, and so that's something just to keep in mind, ideally, when you're looking at skincare, you know, some people think, well, natural essential oils, let's just put essential oils in the skincare, but that can also be irritating too. So just go fragrance free. That's usually going to be your best bet. So the number two thing I would say is relying too much on procedures and thinking that 
too much, you know, thinking that a little is a, is, is a good thing, so a lot is an even better thing. And that's what we see all the time, whether you're dealing with Botox, whether you're de- dealing with injectable fillers. I mean, you know, all these people with pillow faces out in Hollywood. You know, once again, I wrote one of these seminal papers on 3D aging and the fact that we want to add volume, but the amounts of volume people are adding now, is just absolutely insane. And it's making people look just not like real people. Um, so that would be the second thing is actually overdoing the procedures that you think are going to make you look younger. And in the end, you know, there are people who are actors and actresses in Hollywood who are in their 20s and they look like somebody who's 50 trying to look like they're 20 because they've had so much work done. Wow. Okay. So overdoing work uh, and then overdoing cleansings. And the third dumbest thing. I think the third dumbest thing is not paying attention to your diet. You know, one of the big things that people don't realize is that the quality of your diet profoundly affects the quality of your skin. And there are studies that are being done showing that the health of your gut can really impact the health of your skin. And it's the gut-skin axis that we are just learning more and more about. So for example, there are skin conditions, like you mentioned, like rosacea, eczema, and acne that have definitely an origin a lot of times in the quality and the health of the gut. So doing something very simple like eating fermented foods, taking a daily probiotic can actually make huge impacts on your skin. You know, there's so many people who go through life thinking that, oh, well, I can eat fast food. I can eat, you know, all the sugar. Um, but if as long as I use my skincare process, I'm going to look young. And that just is not the case. You know, the, the yeah. way I describe it really is that that's, you know, the, the foundation of youth and, and anti-aging is going to be what you put in your mouth. Does under eating affect women's skin? Uh, I think it does. You know, and, and like you, I'm a big fan of intermittent fasting. I was definitely influenced by your Fast This Way book. But at the same time, I do think that the problem with, with fasting is, are you going to get enough protein? Uh, yes, and so under eating, for saying I think that. It's such a big is a thing. concern. So, so that's, I think, you know, when you're trying, when, especially as women get older and especially as they go through menopause, you know, protein is so, so important and, and eating sufficient protein. So, you know, you, you definitely the benefits of intermittent fasting, you know, I think are huge, you know, you really with hormesis, uh, with autophagy and the fact that that can really help with your skin, but at the same time, collagen is a protein and you need to get enough protein in order to support the collagen. Uh, I think that's so, so important. And the problem is, can you get enough if you're intermittent fasting every day? So in my book, what I start with people, we have a 21-day jumpstart. And for first week, we don't have them inter- intermittent fast at all. Uh, and the weeks two and three, we have them intermittent fast, but just yeah. two days out of the week to kind of start them up. And that way, they're still eating a lot of protein for the rest of the time. Uh, and then focusing really when they intermittent fast uh, and they refeed actually on foods that are actually going to help promote autophagy as well. Okay. Let's talk about something that applies to men and women differently, but we both deal with it. Hair loss, hair thinning. Mm, yeah. And hair and skin are different. You can do, you know, I guess hair transplants or plastic surgery. And, you know, for the people who didn't see the documentary Instagram thing, I've had 10,000 hair follicles moved on my head because, well, it's my head. I can do what I want with it. Uh, so what's your take on how to have hair that doesn't fall out. So I have a chapter in my book called Hair Raising, and it's all about natural ways to basically thicken your hair. And a couple of years ago, when I was on vacation, I noticed that my hair was starting to thin. And I tell you, Dave, years ago, when my wife and I were early together, we filled out a survey and said, what do we find most attractive in your partner? And my wife put his hair. 
<laughs> so a couple of years ago, I'm like, oh my gosh, my hair is thinning. No. And so I think, okay, I'm not going to get myself on minoxidil. I'm not going to take Propecia. I'm going to do only natural things to improve the thickness of my hair. So what, what did I do? Okay, well, number one, you can get telogen effluvium, and that's stress-related hair loss. Okay, so the first thing I started doing is I did start meditating. Uh, I do yoga regularly. Uh, but I'm a surgeon, you know, I, I get stressed out a lot, you know, and that's, it's hard because it's part of my job because I worry about my patients. Um, but really other than that, then what, what can you do? The first thing I recommend is supplementation. Now you can go, go to see a dermatologist or a functional medicine doctor. They can draw a bunch of labs and see what you're deficient in. Uh, there's certain nutritional deficiencies that can contribute to hair loss, iron, vitamin D, zinc, multiple things. There are supplements that you can buy all in one. One that I recommend is Nutrafol. Uh, which is a supplement that they have it for men, for women, mm -hmm. for postmenopausal women, uh, this, for your favorites, women's vegan <laughs> as well. Is, this might be the first show that Nutrafol was on. I, I think I think they launched on oh, maybe it? not, but yeah, they yeah, so it, I, a long time I take ago. That. Yeah, it, it's a yeah, pretty so, it's a pretty popular one. Yeah, so I take that every day, and that does have great uh, science behind it. Uh, the second thing that I do is I use a low light laser therapy helmet. So it's similar to red light therapy. Basically, it's this helmet that I put on. And there are a plethora of studies showing right. that if you use low light laser therapy, you can definitely help to yep. thicken your hair. And the idea sure. is that the energy from that light energy causes your hair follicles to go into a growth phase. That definitely helps. Well, it's like watering plants, essentially, yeah. And, yeah. and your hair like the plants. Uh, the third thing that I do is I use either a topical rosemary oil. That's the easiest thing to find. There was a study that compared... Uh, minoxidil, the topical rosemary oil on the scalp and found very similar results with thickening of the hair, except the rosemary oil had less skin irritation. I use a different one lately uh, that's filled with healthy fats. It's actually from a company called Hair Prescriptives. That's an oil that I put on my hair as well. I also do dermal stamping on the top of my head prior to applying the oil. That's similar to microneedling, but it's a stamping thing that you can do mm -hmm. where it goes in about five millimeters to create a little bit of trauma the idea of hormesis, once again, get that hair going. And if you apply the, the oil on it, you get a little more deeper penetration of it. And that's what I do. I'm thinking I could do some PRP injections as well. I just, you know, we do PRP in my office. Honestly, I've just been too busy that I just haven't gotten around to it. Sounds like a lot. Um, I use minoxidil for about maybe nine months to a year after I had the hair transplant. Um, but then mm. I just found natural stuff that works better. I'm a huge fan of adenosine, of aspirin, of caffeine, and GHK topically on the scalp. Hmm. And um, all of those are mitochondrial stimulators. And you, you notice a really big difference. Uh, for me, it's much better than I get from a minoxidil. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch Propecia because only some percentage of people lose libido for the rest of their life in order to keep their hair, which seems like a terrible side effect. There's all sorts of lawsuits about that one. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, know. you could get like topical DHT blockers, like that's the one that I'm using right now in the oil. It, it does help to block that. I mean, you know, I don't think you need to take something by mouth that's a drug, you know, a prescription drug to help with the hair. Uh, that's a great thing about thinning hair is there are so many options now and, and the natural options are, are actually being studied and found to be very helpful. And so, you know, you don't have to get a prescription. These are things you can easily do at home that definitely help. Okay. I like that. And just a quick note on the rosemary. If you have rosemary in water, it doesn't do anything. It needs to be rosemary in oil because the compound in it that you're targeting is only oil soluble. So rosemary spritz water it doesn't do anything, just so people know. 
And there are anecdotal things, you know, some people will use uh, coconut oil, some people will use rice water. There aren't any studies that I've seen that support any of that, even castor oil. Um, But definitely the rosemary oil, one study that seemed to be pretty good and a lot of anecdotal evidence of that. So I think if you want to go natural, then I would combine a supplement like Nutrafol, red light therapy. Those devices can cost anywhere from $400 to $1,000. I use mine 30 minutes uh, every other day. Uh, completely painless. Uh, you can easily get a dermal stamper. That's something you can buy for a few dollars online. And then once again, adding some type of a topical, whether it's a rosemary oil, uh, other types of oils too, may do something you know fairly similar. Uh, obviously, the what you've mentioned as well is a good option. And the, that's the great thing is there's a lot available now for thinning hair. You don't need hair transplants. Now, if you have an area, let's say, where you just don't have hair, you know, if you've yeah. got in the crown where there's no hair there, or let's say if your hair is receded and you want to create a new hairline, then these procedures are not going to do that. Then that's when you have to look, unfortunately, at hair transplants. Stem cells are coming for that, like IPSC added ones. But like I, I had about, I don't know, maybe a fingertips worth added right here. I'm pretty happy mm-hmm. with it so far, but I'd be really unhappy if all the middle up here fell off and all I had was like a ring right here. That would look a little bit goofy. So. <laughs> um, I, and I think that, you yeah. know, once exosomes, hopefully they get deregulated by the FDA again, that may help as well. Did I they know re-regulate that, exosomes? That was my understanding is that yeah. they still, along with stem cells, you cannot use them outside of an FDA uh, approved well, study. Uh, the good news um, is, is they don't have the right to regulate my exosomes. So uh, sorry, guys, uh, I'm not oh, applicable you because you don't have the constitutional right. Let's just hope RFK wins. I don't care what your political party is. He'll tell those guys to let you do exosomes, and that's all I care about. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think in this situation, the FDA is not even looking. I mean, I, I mean, there's such a big difference, as you know, between stem cells and exosomes, and they just kind of clump everything in together, and it's unfortunate, definitely. It's on purpose. I don't know if it's unfortunate. Uh, it's, you know, it's what you do when you're working for your employers who are big pharma companies. Mm-hmm. So you're... Your book is cool, man. Uh, and that was what I wanted oh, to have you on the show. Younger for life, feel good and look your best, et cetera, et cetera. But you talk about auto juvenation, which is a part of your title. So if you guys are looking for it, it's Tony Yoon, and the book is Younger for Life. Definitely follow him on TikTok or at least Instagram if you don't use TikTok, because like you said, your stuff is really funny. Thank uh, you. The book is is worth reading if you are interested in your skin and you want to have skin and hair that look better and work better without the surgery and with some of the procedures you could do but you don't have to, you don't have to do them so this is meant to to give you kind of a list a recipe here's how you can take care of those vital parts of your body and so read it and i still think you should go outside without sunscreen for 20 minutes and if you do use sunscreen it should be a physical barrier like zinc oxide. Uh, but I'm not opposed to sunscreen. I'm just opposed to all over sunscreen with chemicals in it all day long because that seems to not work. So we're probably more aligned than not. <laughs> probably, man. Well, I love I love your information and uh, you're definitely a guy on the avant-garde of improving the health. And I have learned a lot from you over the years. So I appreciate you sharing my uh, my message here. Oh, it's, uh, it's absolutely my pleasure. And I enjoy your content. It's funny. Also, we should do a quick shout out to thank uh, JJ Virgin because uh, we actually connected in person to remind ourselves to do this podcast at JJ's event. So thanks, JJ. Thank you. She's she's amazing. She really is. Anything that I can answer for you about biohacking before we get you back out on the surgical floor? 
Well, do you have any secrets that traditional plastic surgeons don't know about to help to improve the appearance of your skin? Anything that you, after going through my book, that you find, hey, try this out because I'm definitely open. You know, I mean, I, I feel like I present a fairly true integrative approach to plastic surgery, you know, kind of combining both East and West, both alternative and traditional. And I'm always open to new concepts and new ways of thinking, even if it's completely outside of the mainstream. I don't remember seeing it in the in the nutritional part of the books. Have you looked at topical niacinamide? You know, niacinamide is something that we do use. I think it's great for dark spots and controlling your melanin. Uh, and, and there's a lot of other you know things that people are using it for, but that's what we use it for specifically when you're looking at topical. I, I found it helps me with speeding healing really quickly. And for listeners, niacinamide is a B vitamin. You have niacin and niacinamide. And then you have nicotinamide riboside. Then you have nicotinamide mononucleotide. So niacin is a precursor to NR, is a precursor to NMN, which is a precursor to NAD, which is a major longevity molecule. I've been talking about that for, for years on the show at David Sinclairon, whose research is based on that. So it seems like in the skin, that's a good thing to do uh, on, on an occasional basis. Is, uh, yeah, is, we know that niacin helps life. to open up blood vessels. It increases circulation. Uh, and so this may have something to do with it. You know, that definitely uh, you, by increasing circulation, you can get more of those healing uh, cells into an area and that may help to, to cause wounds to heal faster and, and all that. So it definitely sounds like that makes sense. The other thing I'm doing that I want to get your take on is I've got a machine here at the house, the community doctor's offices that uses radial shock waves. Hmm. Um, and, you, and I'm experimenting on using that on my face for skin tightening. So if I look all like completely like a zombie, like my face is falling off, my experiment failed. If my face sticks on, then it worked. But have you ever looked into those? So I have tried shockwave therapy for other things like cellulite, yep. and that seems to help improve it. You know, I think that there is a benefit to the physical stimulation that the shockwave therapy creates. You may also get an increase in vascularity or blood supply to an area like that. So uh, I think, I mean, really, I think what we're looking at, it's the, the, the whole concept of hormesis, you know, and, and I'm sure David Sinclair talked about that. People talk about it with cold plunges. People talk about it with other longevity types of things. But really, that's the basis of a lot of what we do in cosmetic medicine, too. It's hormesis. It's creating this controlled trauma, this controlled, even acute inflammation and your body can really benefit from it. And so that's what a lot of our procedures are based off of. Like I mentioned earlier, chemical peels using, using acids, lasers using light energy. All of this is creating that controlled trauma. It's the same thing with exercise. You know, you break that muscle down and it comes back even better. And so I think really putting your body under a little bit of stress, it's possible that's kind of the idea behind shockwave therapy. You know, you're shocking, you're damaging those cells, but not to the yeah. point where you damage them you know, it's like, it's like when we do microneedling, if you make that needle go too far deep, you can get a scar mm -hmm. from it. But if you make it go just deep enough, you can get good rejuvenation. It's the control of it and making sure whoever does these types of procedures on you, that they're a true expert and they know what they're doing. Well, that would be me. I'm a true expert because I just got the machine and I can hold it up against my face like the best of them because that's what I'm doing. So <laughs> there you go. That, that, that may end well. And no, I'm not an expert, but I did have 10 minutes of phone instruction. But I'm willing to willing to experiment, and we'll we'll see uh, we'll see how that works. But I think there's something to be said there for it. And just in terms of other biohacks, the face and ice water, which is from Smarter Not Harder, 
I think it has skin rejuvenating properties. Just before bed, you know, bend over, stick your face in a solid bowl full of ice water. You don't need a full ice bath. You're going to sleep better because of your vagal nerve, but the skin on your face from even just you know, 20, 30 seconds of, of ice water, solid, solid results, solid improvement. Yeah, I think that's a nice, simple biohack. There are so many things that you can do naturally to improve your skin. You, know, it, you don't have to do a 12-step step skincare routine. You know, start with the food that you eat and then try some of these other little things. And, and we talked a lot about those in the book as well. Nice. Guys, you should pick up Tony Yoon's book. If you want to know more about how to make your skin look better, I will tell you something, having done it, having a body that gets younger and younger and younger, uh, and frankly, like more and more like stupidly lean and veiny, like this is completely <laughs> unprecedented in my entire life. Like I don't even know. You better watch it. out for uh, for paper cuts, man. You're going to bleed That's, out. You know, I've, I've had, <laughs> I, I think it would be smarter to be a little bit heavier from a longevity perspective to have like another five pounds of extra calories. Um, I'd have to eat stuff that doesn't, feel as good. Like I, I've got my diet so dialed and I just feel great all the time, never hungry. But I've eat, I mean a lot more carbs and it doesn't, like now that my metabolism is truly working, I mm. could have 500 grams of rice a day and I wouldn't gain weight. It's ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, um, but you're eating high quality food and that's well, it's so, all, so it, key. It's all high quality food. It's, you know, yeah, it's all designed to not have so inflammatory key. stuff that slows mitochondria. But yeah. uh, from that perspective, Longevity wise, I, I should probably have some of that fat on there. My face would look a little bit fluffier, but I really like how I feel right now. And I'm never hungry. I'm not starving myself. I I eat all my friends like you're eating how much steak? Man, I all the steak I want. But we shall see. I'm getting some more some more labs drawn to see whether what I'm doing is as good as I think it is. And I think I got it got it cracked. So I'll share some more with you when the time comes. Well, if if, uh, if it doesn't work for you, come on over. We'll throw a little fat in the cheeks. Oh, you're gonna have to find fat on me to put in there. <laughs> I know that's a problem. <laughs> you can't I, use somebody else's. Ah, too bad. I have some. I have some chubby friends who'd be happy to donate. You, you must have some in your rear end. That's the place we go for guys when there's just nothing else. To yeah, there's the probably end. some the back last, there. Last place, man. If not, I'll just eat some <laughs> some uh, impossible burgers for four days. All the estrogen will just flood go. my butt, and then I'll have lots of fat yeah. back there. What do you think? Yeah, we'll pull it out then. <sighs> All right. Thank you so much. I love your humor. Thank you, my TikTok. friend. Guys, at a minimum, follow Tony because he's, he's he's worth it. He's just hilarious. Uh, and uh, occasionally, I, I leave rude comments on his uh, on his, his wall as well. So see you It's tomorrow. all fun. Thank you so much. You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.
A human upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.